Welcome to Growth Over Easy, the podcast where we explore the depths of life with an optimistic lens. I'm your host, Lily Rachels, and I believe pain has the potential to produce more growth than happiness ever could. I teach you how to grow through grief and give you actionable tools you can start using today. It's time to choose growth over the easy path in life. Let's grow together. Welcome back to Growth Over Easy. My guest today is Jeremy Newsom. Jeremy is considered one of the leading global minds on stock market education. He's the CEO of Real Life Trading and the founder of the nonprofit RL Foundation. He is a podcast host, he is an author, he is a philanthropist, and for his full bio, I will put that in the show notes. As you're about to hear, Jeremy brings so much joy and enthusiasm everywhere he goes. He is truly an adventure seeker and lover of life. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. He is going to share with us some struggles that he has grown through in life and how he maintains a growth mindset. Let's get to it. Welcome, Jeremy. Lily, this is going to be my favorite podcast ever. Thank you for (laughs) allowing me to be on. I'm really excited. I'm glad you're here. And we just recently met, but one thing that stood out to me when I met you was just like your vibration, your positivity, your optimism. Is that something that has come naturally to you in life or is it something that you've had to cultivate over the years? You know what's crazy? It's always been natural. I was asked as a kid, what's wrong with you? (laughs) People would say very frequently, I wish I could bottle up your energy and sell it. I was asked in high school if I was on drugs a lot. But I am. I'm always happy. I've always been positive. It's a very natural vibration and frequency for me. And it's just kind of where I live. And so when people see me and I'm sad and like depressed or whatever, they'll know immediately. Mm, I feel that too. I've had people tell me I live in my own little utopia. (laughs) I'm like, well, it's fun. You should try it sometime. It's a great place to be. I'm a big Enneagram person. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you know what number you would identify with? I I usually test as a seven. Okay. I'm a seven too. And that's what I was Uh, suspecting from the positive outlook kind of gave it away and the overall excitement. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Well, the podcast is growth over easy. So I have Mm -hmm. people on and we always talk about like an event in your life or something that dramatically changed your life. And it sounds like you've always had like a great outlook on life, but I know because I know people, there's no way life has just been easy for you because that's just not the case for any of us. There's always something. Mm-hmm. So looking back on your life, is there an event or something that happened that you felt really made you not just grow and change, but I always feel like we can have this joy and this happiness that sometimes when we'll say a bad thing or something difficult happens, if we are able to maintain that joy, it's then rooted deeper. And it's not just positivity, it's a deeper joy. So I'd love to hear from you just a little about your life and how you've maintained this joy and what you've been through. What's crazy is I have a slightly short like documentary on YouTube called The Real Life Story of Jeremy Newsom. And it's about 17 minutes long. And the director, who I know pretty well, and she knows me pretty well, she said, Jeremy, I only have time for one of your really, really bad problems. Which one do you want to focus on? <laughs> so... <laughs> Because I have, like, I don't know why I attracted it such uh, so aggressively, but from, I'd really say probably 19 until 27 or 28, my life was horribly hard. 
very, very difficult, extremely adverse. And I grew up extremely poor, but I was happy. But the moment that I will bring up was rock bottom for me. And I know exactly what rock bottom looks like, feels like. I know the type of pavement that it is, right? It's that cracky, different color outside of the Kroger parking lot with cracks all over it, rock bottom, where I'm getting $12,000 of cash in a paper bag from a guy with a gun. Like, if you don't pay me back, I'm going to kill you. That was my rock bottom because I had lost $1.2 million of other people's money at the age of 20, 21, trying to make it in the stock market. And when I'm at rock bottom, I have to try to, at that point in time, figure out, okay, I have two choices. I either quit, I'm a failure, I declare bankruptcy, whatever. I pay all these people back and then my reputation's tarnished. Sorry, I don't pay people back and my reputation's tarnished or I figure it out. So I lose everything. I have nothing. And 401ks, credit cards, everything's maxed out. And I have been on this journey of trying my best to learn and doing everything incorrectly, by the way, all of it, whatever could be done wrong. I've already done twice in the markets with other people's money. <laughs> so I know the pain that's associated with trying to grow. And the easy route would have been to probably not trade at all, not take other people's money, not really put myself out there in a big, big way. And also it'd have been a lot easier to go, Hey, you know what? I didn't do this right. I'm sorry my bad. And they lose their money and I walk away and I never talk to them again. And they all for the rest of their life think that this Jeremy guy is pathetic. And he's a loser. Yeah. He lost everything that we have. And I want to go back for a second because you said you were how old again? 20. This is 21. 21. What motivated you in the first place to put yourself out there like that? Because I feel like even getting into that role before you lose the money, like yeah. that's not typical for a lot of people to want to be like, I'm going to just go for this. Totally. So the real answer is we have to go back a long way to my first investment, which was when I was six years old, 1994. Um, the movie Forrest Gump got me interested and intrigued into the stock market when he said that he doesn't have to worry about money ever again because him and Lieutenant Dan invest into a fruit company. And I asked my dad, what's the fruit company? He told me about Apple. We ended up buying some shares of Apple. But really the propulsion was in when I was 2019, that time frame, I was trading out of my 401k at work. I worked at a company called Nationwide Insurance, great company. I had always good things to say about them. And with that 401k, I was trading inside of it. And on one particular trade, here's my research. This was my dissertation, Lily. I went to Google and I typed in which silver stock to buy. Boom, enter. That was it. That was my research. So the very first thing that popped up, I didn't even scroll. The first thing that popped up was first Majestic Silver, ticker symbol AG. They're still around. They were trading at the time $9. I had $9,000 in my 401k. I bought a thousand shares. It went from nine to 12, $3 gain, three times a thousand, $3,000. That $3,000 is more than I made it work in a month. And it took me four days, yeah, shift, yeah. everything changed because no one in my life had ever told me you, Jeremy, can make more money in the market than you can make it work, especially not quickly. I knew, you know, 65, you'll have some retirement, but in a few days, you can make that type of money by, by pressing a button with your index finger. That changed everything. And I had continued to trade for about a good year in that 401k, having pretty substantial results, like 100% return type of results in a year. And so I started telling everyone like, hey, I'm in school, I'm going to college, I'm getting a finance degree. I just made 100% return my 401k when the overall market's only up 17%. I'm a genius. And I mean, they believe me. And I actually did pretty well. So the $1.2 million that I lost was actually net, net gain. I had taken $400,000. And by taken, I actually just had their logins, password and 
log in. This was right right before 2FA really came out. So I could log in really easily into anyone's account. So I had their username, log in, boom, 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 popped in. And I would just take trades in their account. $400,000 is how much money between my dad and a few other people that I had access to. And I took that $400,000 and turned it into 1.2 million. That's impressive. Pretty cool, right? And now I'm on top of the world, right? I'm the coolest guy ever. Everyone knows me. Everyone's talking about me. And, you know, it's an amazing, amazing life. Everything's going great. And then, yeah, I lose it all. So pretty, pretty quickly, because then I change strategies. I do entirely things different. I come up with this, you know, unstoppable feeling, this belief that I'm incredible and I just haven't been humbled yet. And the market loves to humble people. That's its main job actually is to humble you. So it was my trial by fire. And that's kind of what, you know, to answer your question, got me really like hooked to start throwing myself out there to just start trying to do something great. And I'm kind of assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that just like, you know, realizing you could make all this money in just a couple of days with the press of a button, you probably lost it pretty fast, a short <laughs> yeah, amount of time. You no. Know? <laughs> yep. So what was that feeling like? Like describe to me, like what was going through your head? What did you feel in your body? What was rock bottom like? Sheer confusion. And it wasn't agony as much as it was self-doubt and self-loathing and the, I'm not good enough. No one loves me. I'm an idiot. Why do I have to have so much pain? Why does this keep happening to me? Just this really wretched, awful, negative cloud of weight that was on my shoulders, truly like pressing me down. And to have lost that money and to just immediately result to like drinking a bunch and I didn't want to feel the pain. I wanted to escape and I didn't really want to embrace it and just be full there. That was pretty much how it felt. And I had never really failed at anything in my life at that stage because I'd never really tried anything amazing either. This was my first do something big. And it was really big. Do something big and then fail. And that's what happened. And I did. It was a glorious failure. <laughs> I failed huge and I failed quick. And I was there realizing once I was like, okay, this is failure. And I understood. This is rock bottom. I have nothing left. All my money is gone. Everyone's money is gone. So I'm going to come up with a way to pay them back. And I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to pay you back the net net profits. But I will pay you back your initial interest, the money that I traded with, and I'll pay back interest. So I said, okay, everyone give me $400,000. I'm going to pay back $480,000 over the next 10 years. Simple interest. That's $48,000 a year, 10 years. And that means I need to make $4,000 a month. And I'm going to take $4,000 a month. And I'm just going to pay people back over time for 10 years. That was my plan. And so I called him up on the phone. I just told him, hey, look, I'm sorry, but this is what I'm going to do. And they said, hey, you know what? Better than expected. So then my primary question in life, Lily, became one. How can I make $4,000 in a month? That was it. And I did that for two to three months. And then I forgot, oh, wait a minute. I got bills and like food. You might need <laughs> so a little to live on. I might need some. Exactly. So I was like, all right, cool. How can I make $6,000 a month so that I can pay people back and actually have food and, and a house? And I started making $6,000 a month. Through just work, not trading. This is not trading, like just straight up work, working for a company. So once I started making $6,000 a month, I was like, well, that's a lot of money. Now we're talking $60,000, $70,000 a year at 22. Okay, how can I make $10,000 a month? Then when I started hitting that, how can I make a million dollars in a year? And what happened is I started realizing that my questions began to change. And when my questions began to change, I started reading different books. I started typing in different things into YouTube. Like if you go to YouTube right now and you type in how to make a million dollars in a year, you're going to get some very interesting videos, but you'll definitely get different videos than if you go and type in, how do I make more money? Because mm -hmm. the questions are different. One's very specific and more money could be, here's a dollar, high five. I think that to me was a huge turning point because I started listening to different mentors instead of watching 
comedy and wrestling and football and NASCAR, I started watching Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and Eric Thomas. Like my inputs started changing dramatically. Inputs change, your beliefs change. And when mm-hmm. beliefs change, everything changes. I want to lean into that for a second because it sounds like you had this really big mindset shift but it kind of happened almost month by month. You realized like, I can do this. I can do a little more. I can do this. I can do a little more. And you were training yourself to believe it because it's like you thought you could, you achieved it. So you thought you could do a little more. What got you on like that mindset, that growth mindset path? And then to decide, okay, I'm going to put down the entertainment and I'm going to pick up these tools and start listening to people that are actually going to help me change my life. That's a specific question. I really enjoy it because I think my answer is going to be, it was a commitment publicly that most people are afraid to do because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of humiliation. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid they're not going to be good enough and their parents and their mom and whoever really won't care about them because I had to go publicly and tell all these people, this is what I'm going to do. I committed to it. I became a man of my word. I became a man of integrity. If there's any real, true, honest direction of success, it's say what you're going to do and then do what you're going to say. Doesn't matter how old you are, where you live, if you start going down that direction of, hey, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do 10 push-ups tomorrow. Cool. Go do 10 push-ups. If you're gonna say, I'm gonna read this book next week, read the book next week, sit down, carve it out of your schedule. What are you going to do? And then go do it. I publicly put myself out there. And this is, I mean, Facebook is around at this time. So I'm posting on Facebook a lot of my journey. I'm telling people what I'm going to do and I'm telling my friends and so on and so forth and going to parties and letting them know, like I'm putting myself out there and I'm telling everyone that I'm going to be paying all these people back and that I'm going to make it in the stock market. And it becomes this commitment of excellence, this commitment of growth, realizing one of my favorite quotes, talking about your growth over easy, realizing that it's very easy to obtain success financially. It's just easier not to. Oh, I like that. It's just easier not to. It's really easy to sit down and not do it, but it's really easy to do it. You just get to pick like, which one do we want to go down? (laughs) I've seen like, uh, there is a meme going around, I think on Instagram for a while like that, that it was like, you know, buying an iPhone is expensive. Investing in yourself is expensive. Like pick your expensive or whatever. It's like, you know, pick your hard, like waking up in the morning, you know, four in the morning is hard, but staying up till 3 a.m. partying is hard. Like pick your heart. It was kind of like you can do either of these things, but I like that. It's like, it's easy. One might be a little easier, but pick your easy. 100%. And I love the fact that you're like partying until 3 a.m. is hard. It is like right now. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't. Like, I, I'm, I, Listen, Lily, I will party with the best of them, but I'm in bed by 11. Like, unless you're the best friend of mine in the world and there's something amazing happening, I'll stay up till 12 or one, but three, not partying. Like I could do it doing something else, but like ingesting alcohol and dancing and, and whatever. No, that, that would be very hard for me right now. But the, the beautiful part is you're right. Like pick your heart. Like which one do you want to do? One's going to relate and, and create growth and one will not. And I had this uh, Perfect. And this is such a great timing with this podcast because I just had this conversation with my 18-year-old niece last night. She's like, Jeremy, I want to travel and I want to do all the things that you already have. I want to have that. I'm like, I know that's a very normal human thing. We see success. We want it immediately. We don't, we want the six pack now, not tomorrow. I don't want to do, I don't want to do a sit up. I want to eat cake, drink beer, eat pizza and get a six pack now. It's very, very normal for humans to feel that way. Simply put, I was like, I was telling Gabby, I was like, Gabby, it's going to take time. 
and it's going to take diligence and it's going to take consistency. And I promise that you have two choices. You can either work and go to school really hard for three years and you'll succeed far beyond what you imagine right now, or you can quit, you can give up, you can stop, you can party, you can travel and have no money in three years. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> to choose. Yeah. Long game or short game. Long game versus short game. Is that, is that? So when you were doing this, you're still in your early 20s during this yeah. part of your life. What was the environment like for you when you made this like declaration, like, hey, this is what I'm pursuing. This is what I'm doing. Did you feel supported from your peer group and friends or did you feel pushback? Like, what was that like for you? You know what's cool, Lily? I was mentioning this to someone the other day and I don't know why I was lucky enough to receive this. But I very rarely ever get pushback. Even back then, um, I would tell people and they would go, yeah, man, that sounds cool, dude. <laughs> they weren't like, you're an idiot. You're not going to be able to do that. Because the way I tell people, I'd say it with such certainty and such conviction that people are either going to do one of two things. They'll go, okay, cool. Or they'll be like, that's amazing. But very, very, very few people in my life have ever doubted me, which is great. I've been blessed by that. And it's not because I'm skilled or I'm smart. My IQ is maybe 82, best day. But I can say that my belief in certain things is so powerful that I will figure out a way. And even if you don't think that I'm going to do it, you generally don't tell me that because if you do, my number one goal in life will then be prove you wrong. Mm. And I will. Great example of that. January of last year. So going back almost a year ago, I was at a dinner table with the biggest buffed, ripped dudes in the world, essentially. I mean, just a bunch of like amazing special forces military. And you know, you've met me in person. I'm not ripped or strong really at all. And at least I don't look that way. And so we were talking about what goals can we accomplish and what physical acts of manliness can we do that year? We we're going around the table and I asked some of the guys, I'm like, what's the most push-ups you can do? Because I was intrigued. I mean, all these guys are ripped. So we had like, you know, 500, 600, 800, 500, 400. Like that's the amount of most amount of push-ups they can do. And my brain immediately went to, how long were you doing those for? And the guy who said 800 is like, oh man, it took me like four hours. I thought, I was like, well, what if you went all day? <laughs> what, how many push-ups could this dude do if you went all day? And I asked him, he said, probably a thousand at most. So I started texting other people. What's the most amount of push-ups you've done? Blah, blah, blah. Asking these random questions. And I never really got a number over a thousand. So I said, I'm going to go do 10,000 push-ups in a day. And everyone was like, sure, dude. Like that's, is that even physically possible? So I go to Google, I go to YouTube. I don't know. I type in most amount of push-ups in a day. And it was 46,001 by some dude in Hungarian. You already know what he looks like, right? Five foot six, absolutely jacked, absolutely shredded, amazing athlete. But he did 46,000. 46,000. A crap. <laughs> right? I so, never would have thought it was that high. So stupid. It's so dumb. It's just incredible. But I was like, all right, okay. It's physically possible. That means I can do it. So I start training from January, February, March, April, four months. I'm doing so many push-ups every day. The month of January, uh, Lily, I do a hundred push-ups times the day. So day seven, I'm doing 700 push-ups. Day 10, a thousand. Day 20, I do 2,000 push-ups. Day 28, I do 2,800 push-ups in a day. Those four days were over 10,000 push-ups in four days, 40,000 for the month. I do that in March. I start going down a little bit. And then I just pick a day in April where I do 24 hours. I wake up at 3 a.m. And a lot of people's brains listening to this are going to go, this is impossible. This can't be done. I wasn't just sitting down doing 10,000 push-ups straight. I did five to 10 push-ups every 40 seconds for hours. Wow. And then I would take a break periodically throughout the day where I rest, I stretched, I took a nap. 
I ate, I took two showers because 24 hours, I broke it down. I did the math. Four hours are gone from stretching, napping, relaxing, icing, rehab, whatever. So I have 20 hours. That's 500 push-ups an hour for 20 hours. So 500 push-ups an hour, right? 60 minutes an hour. I just had to, how many do I have to do? It's, the answer is about 10 every minute, give or take. So that's how I did it. And uh, when you're talking about growth over easy, that was a very, very, very popular day on Twitter for me because I was kind of sharing my journey um, throughout the day. And that's one of those situations where most people would obviously never think that they could do that. But ironically, most people could if they sit down, they carve out the time and this is all they do all day long. Like I wasn't doing anything else other than push-ups. Yeah, you were focused on your goal. And I like what you said. It's it was it's kind of like I forget what year it was when the first man to run was at the four minute mile. Yeah. And then uh-huh. after he did it, like there were a ton of people that did it because they saw that it was possible. And there's something so magical about when we realize what's possible. It's like opens up your mind to so many possibilities. And for you, when you saw what 46,000 pushups, you're like, I can do 10,000. Boom. Exactly right. Roger Bannister, the runner of the four minute mile, one of my dad's favorite stories ever because no one had done it. And until he did it. And then that year, I think 16 people did it because yeah. now they know it's possible. And that's one of my favorite things ever because the word impossible literally spells I'm possible. Mm-hmm. It's the same spelling. You just got to put a space in between the M and the P. And how many people will say this is impossible versus how many people say I'm possible. I can do this. It's just a mindset. It's a belief. It's a looking at it and trying to figure out, do I want growth or do I want easy? Which one do I want to choose? What are some things that you do on a regular basis to keep you in this growth mindset? Every month, I create a new challenge for myself. Every single month. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. This month, I'm doing 10 push-ups times the day. But I'm doing a little bit of a different push-up. I'm doing like one of those like, you know, knees to the elbow style push-ups. But I'm doing 10 times a day. So today is the 15th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 15th. So I'll be doing 150. I haven't done any yet today. But as soon as I get off this webinar and this uh, podcast, I'm going to eat. I'm going to have some drinks. I'm going to do 20 or 30 push-ups. And I'm going to do some more two or three hours from now. Long story short, that's what I'm doing this month. I create every single month just a new challenge. Maybe it's run 15 miles. Maybe it's whatever. I just pick different challenges. December of last year, I did what's called the calendar club, which is where you run the mile of the day. Now, it's not very hard until 20. And when you get to 20, you're carving out four or five hours a day. You're running marathon after marathon after marathon. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard on Christmas Day when everyone's here. All my family's here. And I got to wake up at three in the morning and go do 15 miles, then have Christmas with everybody. And then at 12, go run another 10 and then come back and celebrate with everybody. So yeah, it got really challenging. But again, you create for me every month a new challenge. Is it typically a physical challenge? Not all the time. It is typically, but I have done poem memorization. I have done meditation with my wife where we meditate every day at a different time. I will do other spiritual practices, yogas, chanting, mantras, affirmations. But yeah, usually it's either mental, spiritual, or physical. There was one month where me and my wife had a special challenge for just us as well every single day. But yeah, it can it can be whatever, but every month it should be something new. And when did you start building that? Like, when did that come into your life? That came into my life, February, 2020, when I started doing that. Right before COVID happened, I had broken up with a relationship. I was single. I was like, I got so much time on my hands. Like, I'm not going to go out and party and do the thing that most single guys are going to do. I'm just going to do something a little different. So in February, I just started running. 
you know, what, 15 miles a week. I was like, I'm gonna run 15 miles every week for the month of February. It's cold outside, right? It's in Tennessee. Nobody wants to run the cold. So I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. And then in April of 2020 was the first time I had ever completed the calendar club, which is like I mentioned back in December. Mm-hmm. So it's almost 500 miles in a month, which equates to about a half a marathon every day. On wow. Average. Wow. And what have you learned through doing that? Like, how has that changed like what you see as possibility in your life. And I mean, I assume from, you know, in your twenties, you were already like making big changes and big differences. And now into your thirties, I believe, right? Yep. 34. (laughs) Yep. How do you think this has changed your life? Like really focusing on giving yourself a challenge. Like how has it changed? Like your business, your relationships. It makes me create priorities. It makes me stick to those priorities. And it makes me figure out that I can do anything. Anyone can do anything. I'm not special. I'm not a great athlete. I'm actually a subpar, like below mediocre athlete. I'm not fast. I'm not really strong. I'm just consistent. I will show up. I will finish. I'm not going to finish first. (laughs) Heavens no. Not even in the top 10, but I will finish. There's a finish line. Your boy will get across it. And even if I'm last, I don't care. I don't have any ego on finishing first or second or third or whatever. But I can tell you this, that Coming up with those challenges, it will make you create priorities and it'll make you create a schedule and it'll make you create second grade math, just like I did with the push-ups. Like, how can I do this? Because at the time I also had uh, an eight month old. So I had dad duty for two hours where my wife left the house. And so I had him strapped on my chest. I wasn't doing floor push-ups. I was doing counter push-ups with him strapped into me because I didn't want to obviously fall and hurt him. So for two hours, I'm doing, (laughs) you know, side push-ups against the counter with him on me but I'm still hanging out with him and he's having a blast. Mm-hmm. It's about coming up with priorities and it does. It, it changes your business. It helps you realize what's possible. It helps you be able to fit in and start finding out what's actually viable. And it makes you become more efficient as well. So that you can come up with time hacks and ways to save time and ways to grow time. And I love it. It's my favorite thing. I love that we're talking about this because I think I hang up for a lot of people in building a morning routine or having a big goal like this is it's always time. And it's, you know, the the mug that says, you know, you and Beyonce have the same amount of hours in the day. You know, like, what yep. are you doing with your time? Yep. And I also really like that when you were talking about that, two things stood out to me, that you're building integrity because, again, you're saying you're going to do something and then you're completing it. What you're saying is matching your actions and that consistency is key. Do those two things and you will have a successful life. Does have to be financially, but it, it will be to some extent. You will have more money if you do those two things. But you'll have better friends, you'll have better relationships, you'll have better business, you'll have better awareness. You'll be a better person. And when you're a better person, you'll impact and influence the world in a great way. I love that. Jeremy, where can people find you? And also give us like the rundown. Like, what are you doing now? All kinds of things. The best way to track me down, I have two websites. Obviously, my personal website, jeremynewsome.com. My first name is spelled with two R's. So it stands for Jerry and me, Jeremy. That's, that's how that happened. Jerry's my dad's name. Thanks, mom. So Jerry and me, jeremynewsome.com or my stock market education company is called reallifetrading.com. And that's where we offer free education, essentially give a free bachelor's degree in stock trading for anybody who wants it. But honestly, if you shoot me a message on Instagram or any social media platform, I have an amazing team that kind of helps me track down any messages. And so I do reply to 99% of the messages uh, if they're sent to me and just reach out. Uh, I have tons of time. And I will absolutely categorize the people that I need to get reach out to and speak to and how I need to speak to them. But it is me and I will be replying to you and I'll probably send you a voice memo because it's faster than typing. And you get to hear my tonality and my voice and you get to hear that I'm being there and I'm sincere and I'm present. Even if it's for two minutes, 
I'm there talking to you for two minutes. And uh, yeah, just reach out. I appreciate that so much. I just put a post yesterday on Instagram talking about how communication is so much more than words. It's tone, it's movement, it's the motivation behind what you're saying and being present, like what you said. And that was you and your wife. That was like, both of you were very present. And I feel like that's the best gift you can give another human. The best present is presence. I agree. (laughs) Totally. So the last question I ask every guest on Growth Over Easy is, what is growth to you? Growth to me is spiritual, emotional, relational, and financial awareness that you can have more, that you deserve more, and that you need to give more in order to live more. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being present with me and coming on the podcast. And all the information that Jeremy shared will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to find him because I know you're going to want more. Thanks, Thanks, Jeremy. You're the best. That's it for this episode of Growth Over Easy. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with me at lilyrachels.com. I'm Lily Rachels across all social platforms. Please just share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Until next time, remember, easy is empty, growth is gold.